Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Badham. And in this episode, I am very lucky to be joined by Guy Ellis, Director at Courageous Workplace Limited, a professional services company that provides interim management, consultancy and development services. Guy is a skilled presenter and facilitator. He regularly runs public workshops on masterclass HR and compliance topics. He has published numerous blogs, articles, chapters and books and has appeared on one of my favourite shows, BBC's Newsnight. As Director of Courageous Workplaces, Guy works with leaders, groups, and individuals to turn words into action. And we're going to jump into that. We're going to talk a bit about uh, differences between generations. We're going to talk lots about employee engagement. There's a whole different area of uh, topics we're going to cover today. Guy, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Bill. And I, I really appreciate the chance to have this, uh, this chat today. So firstly, beyond my wee introduction there, Guy, please tell me a little bit more about yourself and your career background. Um, well, thank you. Um, Bill, I, I started life uh, born in New Zealand, um, uh, educated, went to university there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I decided at a very, very young age, sort of my teenage years, that I wanted to go into HR. Uh, and uh, the only place to do that was the UK. So um, I left uh, for the UK when I was 21. Uh, never been back uh, other than short holidays. Um, early career. Uh, found a job, got a job with Hewlett Packard, um, one of the most formative companies I think you can have uh, as, as a youngster. Taught me a lot about HR, taught me a lot about uh, the importance of people. Um, two, three years there, went into the city, into London, uh, had a couple of jobs with uh, banks, Bank America, Citibank, NatWest, before joining Aon uh, as uh, their HR director for um, their consultancy business. Um, around 2003, a couple of kids decided that I really needed to take a bit more control uh, and went independent. Um, spent uh, a couple of years working for companies like Microsoft uh, as, a, as an interim HR manager, project manager, um, before joining with a friend uh, to create Courageous uh, HR. That was in 2007. Um, that was, we formed that both passionate about HR, both recognized that, that while many HR people knew uh, what they had to do, they lacked the confidence, they lacked the courage to, to actually take those difficult steps, to make mistakes and actually start interacting with their, their customers, with their line managers in a, in a very different way to, to what many uh, perceivers as that administrative functional approach to HR. Um, very successful few years um, and we evolved. We evolved realizing that those same concerns, those same fears that HR professionals have both as uh, business partners and also as uh, specialists um, were, were found in other functions. Um, we, we branched out into compliance, we branched out into very recently IT, um, we've been talking to, to audit functions and all of these support functions have these, these same concerns that they know the world is changing, they know they can no longer rely on 
on regulations and, and policies, but they actually need to engage with people and they need to actually get people to start believing and seeing and taking responsibility for themselves. Um, since then, uh, courageous workplaces to try and you know reference the sort of wider remit. Um, and recently, we've we've started to work with another good friend uh, and Gen Z um, created a new division, Gen Z Insight, um, taking those same sorts of skills, the same learnings that we've had, the way we engage with people, to the young generation. Um, very very passionate, very powerful enormous hope that i've got for the future with this young generation we'll be right back after this message from espressa it's time to transform your workplace for good espressa.com is the first culture benefits platform designed to help create total community well-being and recognition and with an experience that hr and people love join companies like pinterest tesla box and ServiceNow, who are already using espressa to make their cultures happier and healthier. Espressa.com is total well-being and culture benefits reimagined. That's E-S-P-R-E-S-A dot com and request a demo today. The people power is in the platform. Perfect. Thank you very much. And we're going to get more into Courageous HR, Courageous Workplaces, and uh, and the latest uh, the latest company, Gen Dead Insights, later on. But for now, here's a big question for you to, to sort of really get the ball rolling. Um, in in your view, in your experience working uh, for and with different organisations, what is employee engagement, and how the heck can one measure it? Wow, um, that's a, a it, it's a big question. Employee engagement for me. Uh, and I want to differentiate between employee happiness because uh, as anyone who knows me well will say I'm, I'm cynical about employee happiness. Um, employee engagement for me is around having employees that believe in what you do as an organization. They believe they have a role to play. They believe in, in what the organization is doing and they want to be part of it. Um, we've got to the point now where the evidence is, is just overwhelming that, you know, employee engagement, engaged employees hit the bottom line in a big way. They hit the bottom line through through productivity, um, which is one of my big key measures. You know, how do you actually, you know, get people working harder for the same money, for the same time, for the same energy, for, for more energy? Um, and through, you know, things like reduced turnover, so they're less likely to leave. So, there are massive costs associated with employee turnover. Not only do you get a drop in productivity, the costs obviously of employment, and typically you need to hire and, and pay greater rates for new employees. So there's a for me, the two big measures of employee engagement are around productivity increases and uh, turnover reductions. There's a whole bunch of other smaller ones depending on on the type of organization you are. Um, there's an entire industry, as you know, Bill, uh, around measuring employee engagement. Um, and, and, you know, we can talk for hours about that. Um, I'd prefer not to because every, every you know, uh, provider seems to have their own little twist on it. Uh, for me, the fundamentals are, do people work harder and do they leave less? Um, those are my two big engagement measures. Perfect. Thank you very much. Now, in your opinion, what, what makes a really effective employee engagement program and any 
any best practices to share? You mentioned two metrics there. And any best practices? Um, thanks, Bill. Um, I, I'm I'm a deeply cynical person when it comes to best practices. Uh, I've been blessed with working for a number of companies that are often quoted as uh, great places to work. You know, Hewlett Packard, Microsoft. Um, Bank America, Citibank, um, there's a number of other smaller companies that have been raised before. And, and I can tell you that all of them have their issues. All of them do things differently. For me, it's not about best practice. It's about appropriate practice. Uh, we can learn from other companies. And, and, you know, I've been incredibly lucky in my career to have learned enormously from, from many, many institutions and many clients as well. But it's about you know what works for an organisation in the context with what they're doing. So you know best practices. You know there's some themes. Communication is really key, um, and it's interesting when we get to talk about you know the new Gen Z population. Communication, two-way communication, people feeling like that they're being listened to, people feeling as though they have an opportunity to put their opinion forward, and that to be taken into account. That's a big part of, of, for me, the theme of, of employee engagement. Another big theme is, is the opportunity for people to learn, to actually you know, continue to develop. They feel as though they can get something back other than just their paycheck every week, every month. Um, third one you know, is the opportunity to make a difference. Um, is what I'm doing going to make a difference to someone somehow, somewhere? Partly that's around, you know, understanding purpose, the mission of, of the organization they work for, but it's also as critically important to, to understand how their role actually makes that difference in the big picture of the organization. So, you know, what is it I, I am doing? Make, you know, what is that going to make a difference to the organization? How is it going to make a difference to the organization? Lovely. Thank you very much. Let's uh, let's move on now and talk a bit about uh, some of the some of the companies that you work with. Uh, mm. Firstly, let's focus on Courageous HR. Uh, yep. The firm is a professional services company that specialises in supporting human resources to create yep. and increase their value to to the organisation. You do this by focusing on behavioural change. I think you work with yes. both senior senior HR folks and their teams through a mixture of one to one mm. budget keynote speeches, motivational seminars, workshops and programs. Talk to me, Guy, a bit about the, the challenges your clients are facing and how your experiential and programmatic services help develop more harmonious and productive teams. So, uh, I mean, courageous HR is an absolute passion uh, for me and and certainly for Chris, my um, my co-director. Um, it's, it's an industry I wanted to get into very early on. It's an industry that I think is undervalued and can add enormous value to any organization. However, um, one of the biggest frustrations with working with HR people, uh, and there are a few, uh, is that they, they don't have the credibility to spend money on themselves. They don't have the credibility to actually focus on some of what, you know, incorrectly called soft skills. HR tries to take responsibility for things that it has little control over rather than recognizing that its strength is about acting as a conduit for an organization. Uh, so, you know, the frustrations are high. That's partly why we went into it, partly why, you know, we ended up creating a, a lot of uh, assessment tools and products and, and um, different ways of assessing and, and getting people to think about their roles 
Uh, we've done a lot, you know, built a lot of exercises as there's very little material uh, out there in, in the world that actually is pragmatic and practical. Um, you know, my background, my career background, both in, in corporate life and as an independent has all been all about delivering practical stuff about helping people do things at a very practical behavioral level. So, so we, uh, as, a, as an organization, we focus very much on a couple of things. One, uh, helping to make HR aware of what you know, alternative ways of working are. Um, in our experience, most of the time, HR professionals knew that. They, they know what they should be doing. They just lack the confidence to do it. So, you know, hence the name Courageous. We, we created tools, we created safe spaces for professionals, whether they were part of a, a in-house group, whether they were one-on-one -on -one, or whether they're part of public workshops to actually try different ways of dealing with things, to actually try different behaviors and for us to break it down to little things. It's, it's um, an example, for instance, it's, it's very easy to say that you know you should develop a, a partnership with your with your key clients, um, and, and most research will sort of stop there at that point. You know what we did and what we do is we break that down and we start talking to them about well you know what does a relationship look like? Well, it's partly about the skills and how you talk to people. It's partly about the credibility you bring to that conversation, so that your client knows what you're capable of and knows what you've done in the past. And it's also about having the confidence in your own skills and abilities. So being able to say no, for instance. Um, so we, we get to that sort of granular level around helping HR professionals actually understand that having a better relationship with their clients, as an example, is, is not just a, a sort of big, hairy word, but it actually comes down to some really quite specific sets of behaviors and little tools and techniques and little ways of gaining that confidence, all of the things that they can do, you know, within themselves, with their, their colleagues, and, you know, over time practice. Okay, thank you. Now, your, your latest venture is called Gen Z Insight, uh, which offers yes. both skills, training, and awareness learning to the Gen Z employees. I once read an article in The Guardian that um, they're also called centennials. I don't know if that's stuck or not. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, you, you offer this, this learning to Gen Z employees, their managers, and, and the executive management. Yes. T tell, me, tell me about Gen Z Insight. Um, so uh, also, uh, thank you, Bill. Also um, known, and, and my favourite term for them is Zoomers, um, uh, which I just think is a wonderful name. So Gen Z employees, born 2005, um, probably coming to an end uh, now. So believe it or not, the next generation is is starting to be talked about as Gen A or Alpha generation, but we won't go into that. They're, they're literally being born at the moment. I have an enormous, enormous hope for this, this new generation. Um, uh, I'm fortunate enough to have two children uh, at the top end. Um, I'm working with some very close colleagues, close friends, who have got a lot of experience uh, in actually delivering to this generation or having worked uh, in schools uh, with uh, trying to, to focus school children around uh, education and, and English. Um, I, I think, uh, so this has come out of, of 
the the training and the development techniques that we use with with broader populations gen z employees have a different way of learning they have a different type of of offering than previous generations it'll come as no surprise that uh, the internet is a major part of of their whole life story but gen zers are also formed uh out of and have life experiences out of some really tough times um most of their lives you know the western world's been in recession most of their lives they've had experience of terrorism of you know random acts of violence this generation is really around getting things done they're very self-motivated very self-directed they've seen what's happened to the workplace around them they are very keen on learning and development but at the same time they are wedded to their phones and to their social media you know we had i remember over the last 15 years talking about about how we integrate millennials you know the previous generation to gen z into the workplace how they were seen as snowflakes how they were seen as as more interested in big values rather than hard work this generation is not ashamed and not against hard work at all but they want to do it on their terms they would rather work on a saturday night if they've got something on on a friday afternoon than be forced to work a 40 hour week monday to friday so this is this is a generation that needs to be treated differently like all previous generations this is a generation that has enormous amounts to offer um they are very savvy very marketing savvy they are very switched on they have a wonderful skills around data mining about getting into the guts of things but this is also a generation that wants to be paid well they want opportunities to learn and so what we do is we not only help them integrate into into their organizations so as as graduates or as as new employees but we also help managers learn how to manage them and executives how to get the best out of them okay thank you uh lots of interesting points there i'm 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 just about a millennial myself so i'm going to take you up on a couple of things that you said uh, just now um firstly you you mentioned there about remote working you said about how uh, gen z is perhaps more likely to want to work on on the saturday evening or so or something like that as compared to to millennials um so it there's a big trend obviously at the moment uh, in in some sectors up to 50% of the workforce will be uh, uh be remote as of 2020 this year um from from what you're seeing then uh, that there's there's a bigger push for autonomy from from working independently working remotely with between gen zers compared to millennials um it's it's an interesting dichotomy bill um i mean i've unfortunately i've been around long enough to have heard this remote working thing for about 20 25 years um and it's never quite happened uh interestingly enough gen zers um are passionate about face to face working um it's it's one of those really odd things where they they love technology they are wedded to their phones they're wedded to their social media but actually they really really uh value face to face conversations what they don't value is being told they need to put that within a a constrained 9 to 5 monday to friday type environment um what they don't want necessarily is very long involved conversations they just want touch points they want to have that little bit of face time that little bit of reassurance 
a little bit of support, guidance, mentoring from their managers, but they want to be flexible to actually do it around their life. Um, the concept of work-life balance is just, it's just not a Gen Z concept. Work and life is the same thing. It's, it's integrated, it's not separate. Um, so remote working, I, as a concept, I think, I think people, human beings of every generation, we are social creatures. We value the time we spend with each other. What I think is becoming more and more prevalent, technology certainly supports this, is that we're getting better around not fixating on certain times or dates or, or days or hours. And we're starting to think about not only Gen Zers, but all of us having you know, lives that are a mix of, of all of these things and, and trying to create a personalized uh, life for us where we can we can get that balance between interaction with people, both at work and outside of work. Okay, this fascinates me. So I'm just going to keep going down this line just for a moment with you guys. Of course. Uh, okay, so you've got this new generation. They're in their early 20s. They're coming to the workforce right now, the, the Gen yeah. Zers. Uh, and at some point in their career, they're going to have enough knowledge that they can run with it and work from home, do what they want, when they want, as long as they deliver, right? Okay, great. Yep. But what about the recruiting, the attraction side of things, and then the onboarding? What's what's specific with this generation when it comes to firstly, how the heck do you do you attract that top talent from from the Gen Z generation, and and, yeah. and secondly, how how do you train them in, in a manner where you know that they're going to get it, you know that they they understand the, the company culture and they understand their role. I'm assuming they've got to be stuck in an office somewhere in a dark room somewhere for some amount of time before they're allowed to be free and do what they want on a Saturday night. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, this this generation and apologies to yours, um, this generation is probably a lot more pragmatic than the millennials were previously. Uh, and, and, and let's be really clear, the Gen Z is just entering the workforce. So, you know, we've got a lot of research. Um, but as as real life becomes part of their experience, obviously, those views will start to become less intense. So uh, you, you've asked a number of questions there. So, you know, absolutely, Gen Zers are pragmatic. They know they need to go into work. In fact, they like going into work. It's just, you know, you know, I've, I've got to take the cat to the vet. Can I start at 10 o'clock this morning? That's the sort of flexibility they're looking for. Um, how do you engage them? Well, the, the thing about the Gen Zers, it's all about the experience. You know, this is a generation that don't buy things. They don't, they don't want to hold on to things you know think uber think deliveroo think you know this is a this is, everything can be can be you know a service including cars including you know all of that so a generation that that values experiences a generation that that youtube is their most prevalent social media outlet when it comes to hiring when it comes to engaging with potential candidate with candidates and potential candidates companies have got to engage on the video level. Um, there's, a, there's an eight second rule that, that's quite prevalent throughout Gen Z research, which says that Gen Zers uh, are masters, you know, they've been sold to through social media for their entire lives. They are masters of engaging with something for eight seconds only. And if they don't like what they see, they move on. Now, the flip side to that is that if a, if a Gen Zer does like what they see, they will spend hours and hours going into great detail around something. They are, 
they, despite wanting lots of money, they are and do value companies with strong ethics. They do value companies that stand for things. And if they find a company where they think there are values aligned with the organization, they will go into great detail trying to understand what its policies are, how it actually works in practice, does it actually follow up on what it says it does, and will spend a lot of time going through a lot of social media, talking to a lot of people about organizations. So if you're a company or organization wanting to attract Gen Zers, quite frankly, all of us will want to sooner rather than later, not only do you need to give them an experience, so you need to engage them quickly, but you need to have a well-rounded presence, not only in terms of social media, but in terms of the policies, in terms of how managers and, and HR and talent professionals talk to them. You need to make it a, an experience. You need to make it a, something that they will engage with. Um, when they come on board, training is a big part of it. They, they are passionate about learning skills and continuing to, continuing to develop their, their own abilities. They have a lot of experiences of recession where people, you know, their, their parents, older people have been made redundant and they, they recognize that it's their responsibility to learn skills so they're not in the same place. So training is a key part of it. Classroom training, however, is, well, it's not good for any of us, but for this generation, it's really poor. They will not sit still for six hours in a day listening to someone telling them something. They want to engage, they want to learn. These guys and girls, you know, they are used to data mining in a deep way. So they're used to going off and doing their own self-learning. They're used to working at groups in education, finding, you know, jointly finding answers to, to issues, finding solutions to problems. So the way to train and educate and develop Gen Z is, is, to, is to help them understand the context, the organizational context, give them a sense of what needs to be done and allow them to go and learn for themselves. Give them the opportunities, the videos, the, the resources to actually go and learn for themselves and help direct and, and mentor them. And deliver that in a way that it, it's only in eight seconds to start with. So you get your attention, their attention. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we are coming towards the end of this uh, this interview for today. Before we wrap things up, how can our listeners learn more about Courageous HR, Courageous Workplaces, Gen Z Insight, and how can they connect with you, Guy? Uh, so, uh, as as always, we're online. Um, why wouldn't we be? Um, so, uh, Courageous uh, HR is uh, CourageousHR.com. Um, Courageous Workplaces, Courageous WP or CourageousWorkplaces.com uh, and Gen Z Insight, uh, literally, which we're launching in the next couple of days. It's, uh, we're on a beta site at the moment, is uh, GenZInsight.com. Uh, um, so that's uh, Insight, I-N-S-I-G-H-T, uh, just uh, for those who, who might think we spell it another way. Um, getting in contact through the website uh, directly with me, uh, as you may have gathered, uh, I love a good chat. Um, I have some very strong views, which is partly why I, I've, uh, I have a, a little publicity that I do is because I'm, I'm quite willing to engage and actually uh, talk to people about what I think rather than what is perceived as general wisdom. Um, uh, so, yeah, love to chat, love to talk. And as I say, we, uh, we are all about putting clients right in the, in the midst of what we do. Um, we don't have a standard template of stuff. 
organizational context is absolutely key for whether it's Gen Z or, or HR or any other function. It's about what the organization needs and, and the ability of, of functions to deliver against that. Perfect. Thank you. And I should just add, listeners, we're recording this show uh, towards the end of January 2020. So by the time this goes live and you're listening to it, uh, the the Gen Z Insight uh, website will be be out there for a while and uh, it will be getting hundreds of thousands of visitors every day, I'm sure, uh, and it will have all the bells and whistles. And the other thing just to mention, I, I think, is um, the way that Guy and I connected is I, I sent my message on LinkedIn and within... I don't know. Uh, I think I think within the same day, he kindly replied to me and said, "Who the yep. heck is this, this chap?" No, no, he was very nice, um, and uh, that's how we came. So maybe maybe LinkedIn guy is another way that, that folk can thank, connect with. Uh, thank you, Bill, for reminding me. So yeah, LinkedIn. I'm I'm a, a big user of LinkedIn um, uh, as well. So uh, would love to connect with anybody who wants to do so via LinkedIn. Perfect. Okay, well, that just leaves me to say for today, Guy Ellis, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks very much, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.